Welcome to the BCS Podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. Today, we're talking about hexes and colors. But before we get into that, I want to give a huge shout out to Twilio for sponsoring not just this episode, but the whole first season. They set us up with our very own BCS Podcast hotline. You can call us at 240-650-9856, and we're using it to give you little podcasts podcast challenges. We want you to text us your favorite hex speak words. We'll read our favorites on the podcast. And if we pick yours, you'll get a special handmade postcard from Vitahe herself. Details are in your show notes. This season of BCS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halper, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, computers were a mistake. Was, <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. So last episode, we talked about hexes and really broke it down. We ran through some examples. And today, we're going to talk about one example of how we use that computer science topic in real life, how we use it in our code. So before we talk about that, let's do a quick recap. Hexadecimals have 16 possible digits per place value. And what that means is if we were to count with our regular our quote-unquote regular number system, then we would be in counting in, it's dernary, right? Denary. Denary, damn it. Yeah. For some reason, every time I want to say it, I, I'm trying to stop myself from saying dermatologist. I don't know why. Like, they're not they're not even remotely, they just have like the D and the E, but okay. So uh, they, share, they share some letters. A, a so little makes bit, sense. right? Okay, that makes it feel better. So if we were to count, oh, crap, denary. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So if we were to count in denary using the denary system, we would count 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, right? And then we'd like start over again and do 10, 11, 12. But in hexadecimals, we don't stop at 9. We actually add some letters, and that allows us to go all the way up to F. So we have 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, A, B, C, D, E, F. So we have 16 possible digits that we can use, which is pretty cool. totally. Okay, so now that we've done that recap, we're going to talk about what that has to do with color. So one of the most common ways that we describe color, especially as web developers, is using a hex code. So if I want to describe the a color that's a bright red, I might use something like 
EC152E. I didn't just make that up. We, we've prepared that part, that part we looked up. But we have that hex code. That translates to red. But how in the world does that hex code translate to a color? I think it really helps to break up that code into smaller pieces. And there's actually three pieces you can break it up into. Mm -hmm. Those three pieces are the amount of red, the amount of green, and the amount of blue that you're adding together to create a color. And we we often refer to those as um, RGB, red, green, blue. And that's like a whole other color way to describe color as well that we also sometimes use in code and web development and stuff. Yeah, totally. And it's it's interesting because RGB has a really, really unique relationship and it's tied so closely to hex. Hmm. So that, that hex code that you just said, EC152E, it has its own RGB value and they're, you know, very, very closely linked and they're linked again through math. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to do some more math today. Okay, so where <laughs> where is the the R part? Where is the, the red, the amount of red in EC152E? Where can I find that? We can split it up into three parts mm -hmm. and then it'll be a little bit easier to see what's the red, what's the green, what's the blue. Okay. So we have EC152E and... Every two digits, uh, every pair of values is really mapping to R, G, and B. So if we have EC152E, the EC, those first two digits, represent R uh -huh. or red. And then 15 represents green mm -hmm. and 2E represents blue. Okay. So if you look at any hex code, you can kind of divide it up into three parts and pretty easily tell, oh, this is how much red, this is how much green, this is how much blue. Okay, so I get that EC represents the redness and 1-5 represents the greenness and 2-E represents the blueness of things. But how does EC tell me how much red I have? Ah, well, that's where hexes come in. So EC is two digits, mm -hmm. and those two digits are each hex digits. Mm -hmm. We can break down what EC in hex translates to in decimal or denary. So if you have EC, you have two hex digits, and the first digit is C, and the second digit is E. Mm -hmm. What we're going to do is like split up these pairs and translate them from base 16 to base 10. Okay, so this is what we did last episode when we were trying to count using hexes and trying to figure out what that relationship is to denary, a denary number system. Okay, okay, so let's do, let's do EC. So if we... If we look at the first place, that's the C, right? Like the first mm -hmm. digit thing is C. So we talked about, my I will never forget this, A is 10, of course. Yes, perfect 10. <laughs> perfect 10. So B is 11, so C must be 12. So we have 12. Mm -hmm. And then if we go to the second the second thing, the, the second place value, which is mm -hmm. where we have our E, what I want to do is I want to say, okay... A is my perfect 10 again, and then my my C is my 12. So if I do D, that would be 13. And if I do E, that would be 14. So I have like this, the idea of 14 and this idea of 12. Do I just add them together? I totally know why you would think to add them together because that would yeah. like make sense. But the key part, and I always forget this, mm -hmm. but it's it's so important to remember, is that you care about the base of each digit. Okay. And that's why we say base 16. So you want to look at the place value of each digit 
And depending on which base or number system you're using, in mm-hmm. our case, it's base 16, you're going to convert that whatever is at that place value into decimals. Then you'll add them together, but we don't want to add them together until we've converted. So that's kind of the key part. What we're going to do is we're going to have to look at the place of the hex number we're trying to convert. Mm-hmm. And then if it's the first item, like C, it's in the zeroth place. Mm-hmm. So we're going to say, okay, what's 16 to the power of zero? 16 to the power of zero is one. One. So we're like, okay, in order to convert, I'm going to take the value of the item here, which is C. The value of C is 12. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to multiply it by my base raised to the power of wherever I am in this number, like the digit of the number. Right, which is zero because it's the zeroth one. Yeah. So if you have EC, C is is in the zeroth place. Mm. So we are going to have to convert by multiplying 16 to the power of zero. Which is one. And then we multiply that by 12, so we end up with 12, which is like instinctively what just made sense anyway. So that worked out. That worked out really well. Yes. I'm glad that that ended up following the formula, even though I wasn't trying to follow the formula. So according to that logic of what we just did, can you like maybe guess how we would do something similar with the next with the digit, e. which is, with, yeah, exactly, with, with E. Okay, okay, okay. So E by itself, independent of like where it is in the hex value, is equivalent to 14, I think is what we said, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so mm-hmm. 14 And the formula says, take that number 14, multiply it by the base, and this is base 16. So I have 16 to the power of where it is in my my hex value. And it is in my first place it's in it's in like which is which is like kind of weird because it's like in the second place but because we're doing like zero indexing it's place number one yeah so it would be 16 to the power of one mm-hmm. which is 16 mm-hmm. and then we take that 16 and we multiply it by the value of e which is 14 so i'm gonna do 16 times 14 which i definitely can't do in my head um so if i pull out my calculator and i do 14 times 16 i get 224 yep so 224 when i think about that number and how last episode we talked about there are 256 possible permutations and everything that makes sense because e is closer to the end of our you know values that we have and that's a much higher number than 26 so the fact that it's a bigger number makes it make more sense. Even if you didn't know how to convert, but if you looked at a hex code that had like two Fs next to each other, right. you would know, oh, it's a pretty big number because F is towards the end. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, so when I was thinking about you know EC and my proposal of it being 26, I was like, that feels really low considering that EC are both letters, which means they're on the high end. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good uh, gut reaction. Yeah. That's totally correct. Okay, so then is it, 220, but that's just the E, right? We still have the C. So what do we do with that C? Right. So we're not done yet. And this is where we get to do the addition. Okay. We're going to take the value, the converted value of C and the converted value of E. And when we sum them together, we have the translated version of EC in base 16 translated to base 10. So we're basically going to do the converted value of C, which is 12. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus the converted value of E, which is 224, Mm -hmm. and 12 plus 224 is 236. Got it. So that's our number. That is our pair EC in hex Mm -hmm. converted into base 10 denarii. Yes. 
which is going to be 236. Very cool. They're equivalent, but one is representing something in base 16 versus base 10. Okay, so that's a, a big number, and we know that because we talked about how there can only be 256 permutations. So 236 out of 255 is, you know, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of our spectrum. But how does that get me to red? So we have 236, and that is EC in base 10 mm-hmm. converted. Basically, what we'll do is we'll say to the computer in a very abstract way, (laughs) hey, I want you to put 236 out of 256 of red. So you're basically saying add a lot of red. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you think about like imagine that there – like if you had a way to like have like three – Volume knobs, Mm -hmm. like maybe, you know, like on the old school VCRs, like how they would have like little knobs. Mm -hmm. Um, If you imagine that there's like one knob for red, one knob for green, one knob for blue, Mm -hmm. and imagine that these knobs only go from zero to 255. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're saying, okay, we're going to dial this up all the way to 236. Okay. That's a lot of red. So we're saying, yeah, add that much red. Interesting. But if we had the knob all the way at zero, we'd say, hey, don't add any red. Yeah. And if we had, not had the knob all the way to 200 and uh, the 256 value, which it would actually be 255 because mm-hmm. you start at zero. Um, so if we dialed the knob all the way up to the maximum possible value of red, which is 255, we'd say, add all the red you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then according to that, if I wanted to not just have like a dark red or a bright red, but a pure red, like nothing else but red, would that end up being... FF for the first two values of my hex code and then mm-hmm. just zero 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 zero. Yeah. So you because I don't I don't want any green or any blue. Right? Exactly. You're saying dial up all the red and don't add any green and don't add any blue. Okay. So similar to that, if I want to have green, then I would have zero zero for the first two because no red. FF mm-hmm. for my next pair, and then zero mm-hmm. zero for blue, because I want like the loudest green possible and nothing else. Yeah, exactly. And then blue would be zero, 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 FF. Yes. And then you can start thinking about like, what's cool is what happens if you add all the red, all the green, and all the blue possible? You get a rainbow? Like if you dial all of them up, what would happen? Okay, so if we're adding all of them, well, I... Okay, so if we're thinking about paint, you'd probably get like black or like a really gross Mm -hmm. brown, right? But I know from working with hex codes that if I do F, 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 is that six Fs? Fs, F, 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 then I get white. So if I'm adding all those colors together, I'm getting like no color, which is weird. Like that feels so weird. Well, it's it's because it's um it has to do with light. Mm. Like if you've ever like done experiments with like you know a prism, or if oh, you have yeah. like done reflections of yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. If you add all the color, right, all of them together, you get you white. Get white. Yep. Like the the presence of all color gives you white, and the absence of all color gives you black. Ah, and that's why zero 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 gives you black. Yeah, because you're like. Don't give me any red. Yeah. Don't give me any blue. I want nothing. Dial down the knobs. Absence of all color. No light. So black. No light. Exactly. Yeah. No light. Yeah. Oh, I forgot all about prisms. Those were fun. Those are fun back Yeah, those day. were fun. Mm-hmm. They make more and more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know how to make red. I know how to make green. I know how to make blue. How do I make a color that is not one of those three? So if I want to do yellow, how would that work? You're limited to red, green, and blue. Those are the only things you have to work with. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is we have to figure out how to add certain amounts of red, green, and blue in a way that will give us yellow. 
Okay. There's this um, aspect of color theory that's called the uh, additive color model. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what we are dealing with when we deal with RGB because we're adding red, green, and blue to create another color. So based on the additive color model, if you take away blue and dial up red and green, you will get yellow. Because when you add green and red together in the additive color model, you get yellow. Okay, that is really weird. It is kind of weird. That's super weird. I know. It's not really it's not really intuitive. Especially because like, you know, I feel like in school, like when we were in art class, they would be like red, yellow, blue, right. red colors. And that's like not there's no yellow here. Right. <laughs> so what are you supposed to do? Oh, that is so okay. So so then yeah, where why do I feel like why does that feel wrong to me? Like why did why were we taught primary colors are red, yellow, blue if we're dealing with red, green, blue. So when we learned it in with primary colors, we are learning a different form of a different kind of color model, mm-hmm. which is something called the subtractive color model. Mm-hmm. We learned the whole color wheel with red, yellow, and blue originally. And it's still it's like something that's still used in like art education and school and even like some designers will use it. It turns out like that's pretty old and I think it dates back to like Newton's time. Mm. Later on Scientists who studied color theory were like, actually, this is like not the best way of doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it turns out you can like actually combine colors in like add and remove colors that are more efficient than Mm. red, yellow, and blue. Mm -hmm. The RYB color model, the red, yellow, blue one that we grew up learning about is not additive, it's subtractive. So the idea is like if you combine two colors, you're actually removing a color, I guess. Interesting. I think that that I think that's what it has to be. Since yeah. it's the opposite of additive. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like at some point, people who were studying uh, the science behind color theory, they realized red, yellow, blue. I mean, it's fine, but it turns out you can use better colors, mm-hmm. and that's where the CMY color model comes from. Mm. And the C is cyan, M is magenta, and Y is yellow. Okay, so my school just didn't get that update. Is that what happened? Yeah. No, mine didn't get the memo either. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess it got lost in the mail. I don't know Great. what happened. <laughs> Public education. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so when it comes to CMY, which is subtractive, like why don't we use that? Like why why don't we use the subtractive model? Why do we use the RGB stuff instead? I recently learned that the subtractive one is used in like printing, but RGB is used in like basically anything that has to do with the screen, mm. televisions, computers, your iPhones, <laughs> like all, yeah. anything that is used in the world of like computer systems where you have to basically tell the machine how much color to add based on how much light you're using, mm. if that makes sense. I guess that makes sense because it's like when you're on a screen – and you you make it you make the screen brighter you're adding more pixels like you're literally adding color to the screen in light form yeah so it makes sense that you'd use like an additive color theory to represent the adding of new light so yeah. that you can see more color uh, yeah th- that logic sounds pretty sound that yeah. makes sense that logic makes sense i to think me. that's correct i've decided <laughs> <laughs> I have decided that it's historically we, accurate. We hereby decree <laughs> yeah. that it made sense to us. So if it's said in a podcast, it must be true. 
Awesome. Okay, so basically the reason why FFFF00 makes yellow is because the additive color theory said so. That's the short version. Yeah, the additive color theory was like, you want yellow? You're going to need red and green. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. I can I can deal with that. I can work with that. That's cool. Okay. So that makes sense to me. Okay. So here's here's another thing. If we have the hex code and the hex code translates to red, green, and blue, we also have RGB codes themselves, right? Yeah. So like if you've ever written CSS or like, you know, work with designers, some people will like give you colors or use colors um, that are hex codes. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they'll use uh, the RGB representation. You could do something like RGB and then have three numbers in parentheses. And that's like your computer interprets that CSS. And it's like, oh, okay, I am going to look at this color. And I know how much red, green, and blue to add based on the numbers you gave it. The same way that it does with hexes, but Mm. you just gave it to it in a different way. So I know just from like memory and and working with RGB that the lowest value for any one of those colors is zero Mm -hmm. and the highest value is 255. And I'm guessing that's because that correlates directly to the hexadecimal system and the number 256 and gives you a really nice translation with all of that. Yeah. In our last episode, we talked about how two consecutive hexadecimal digits is basically one byte of information. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. one byte can contain 256 different permutations within it. So basically what that means is when you use hex codes to represent color, you have three bytes that you're representing. Yeah. You have a pair of hex digits, another pair, and another pair. So you have three pairs. Mm -hmm. Each pair is one byte. If you do the math, You basically have 256 values for red, 256 possible values for green, Mm -hmm. and 256 possible values for blue, Mm -hmm. which means if we do a little bit more math, we have 256 times 256 times 256 possible colors we could ever represent using a hex code. And that math is like 16,777,216. Holy crap. That's a lot of colors. It's, yeah, over 16 million colors in the color spectrum that we can represent yeah. using just one hex code. And I still can't manage to find the perfect shade of green. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you do have like almost like 17 million things to choose from. Right, it's that's hard. True. That's true. It's hiding. It's hiding in there. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, wow. That is a lot of options. Holy crap. That's a lot of colors. Yeah. It's the power of hexes and condensing it down into bytes and then being able to represent so many colors using just three bytes. It's pretty cool. Very cool. Huh. Awesome. Makes me at least not feel as frustrated by CSS because it's actually pretty magical. So much because like with the hex codes, I'm always like, I I work with them all the time. I look at them all the time and I'm just thinking, you don't make any sense. There's no logic to what you are, but it does. It actually really does. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? You're going to just like Start seeing hex codes and you're going to look at it and be like, what color are you? I know. And then you'll be like staring at it and be like, you're you're a nice pale pastel pink. It's going to happen now. There's no going back. I'm like, how much green is in you in, in hex code? Welcome to the dark side. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> 
No turning back. No looking back for this. <laughs> <laughs> and that is our fourth episode of the Base CS podcast. We are halfway through the season, so let us know what you think. And don't forget to take on this episode's podcast challenge. Text your favorite Hexpeak words to 240-650-9856. That's our Base CS podcast hotline. And win a special postcard from Vitahee. To learn more about hexes, make sure to check out Vitahee's blog post. All those details are in your show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I helped make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. Vitae, you want to say goodbye? Sure. Hex y'all later. <laughs> I came up with that like two seconds before you said bye you want to say goodbye I was like uh let's just try this <laughs> that is amazing thanks for listening see you next week <laughs>